Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com INTB and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com INTB. Honestly, they're not that bad. Welcome to an episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. Hey. So did you get to watch the Lovecraft Country? No, not yet. I haven't seen it. Someone had wrote an article prior to it coming out. You know, like sometimes the companies will give out like, oh, here's the first like three or four episodes or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe it was half a season. I don't know. But someone wrote like how it was just okay and in the article it was just talking about how jordan pills a great writer and he has great ideas but they take a long time for them to come out and he was talking about like his idea for get out took like x amount of time to write and and craft and it's perfect but that show Hunters, I, I I never watched it, but he was saying like that one was just like, uh, there's a lot of it that was like not great, and that this look like this looks like it's gonna be similar, right? Uh-huh. And he's just going on about how like it's kind of lackluster. Yeah, but what about us? That that was a year turnaround. Um, he publishes stuff online, so you gotta listen to him. Oh my god. No, but like you know, just kind of going on like kind of lightfully bashing it yeah but saying like i mean there has been worse but and trying to trying to say like you know but i mean he has done great stuff but it was like okay you know i guess i could see that but then it came on and i was like what the fuck are you talking about like i'm not saying it's the most like okay when I first saw Westworld, season one, episode one, that was like, wow. <laughs> that literally grabbed me and pulled me in. To a show that I didn't give a shit about, my sister wanted to watch it. I was like, I don't fucking care. Never never cared about a- anything about it. And I watched it and I'm like, huh, that's, uh, that's pretty good. This show kind of does the same, but for like my sci-fi-ness. Like, it starts off with the bang, then it gets into, oh, yeah, America was always a piece of shit. And then it ends on, like, uh, huh. But, I don't know, I just, I didn't feel like there was anything lacking in there. I do understand that they kind of, I mean, it's a show, right? So, you could, who is this guy? Who is this girl? Why does this matter? What is this? But the points that they get to... They get to him fairly fast, and it makes a lot of sense. Like, <clears throat> basically, in the beginning, you it's about, like, oh, how can you how can you be about this if it's, like, all about racism? Or not racism, but written by racists, right? Like, Lovecraft. And it's, like, how can you, how can you, like, listen to the... Right, well, actually, I think he was, he was reading that, like, um... Was it Prince Princess of Mars or whatever? The set, oh, yeah. That John Carter thing. Yeah, Princess Mars. Um, yeah, he's like, how can you uh, like that if you know, like he's an ex Confederate soldier, and he's like, oh, it's just you know the character or whatever. And they and that kind of the whole first episode's about that. He he's a war veteran and stuff, and you know, it's all like, how can you fight for a country that you know doesn't care about you? All that stuff, right? So a lot like a lot of that stuff kind of makes sense and this is the first episode so we're not getting the whole story and maybe the other episodes you know like it just completely jumps somewhere else which could be true because this this made a distinct like oh interesting 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 bam like straight up bam and then the ending Did you see Watchmen when it was on or have you seen it Yeah is it is it kind of like that where because I feel like 
that was really good. But a lot of, and I, I think people like praised it a lot, but like, I feel like sometimes two people were like, oh, it's a little overrated and this and that. It's like, yeah, but see, like, it's still touching on like this and that. And it's like, it's, and it got, and it, it's compelling. It brings you in, especially, I think this is the first episode open with the, the, the massacre. Yeah. It's like, see, it's like it brings you in right away. And yeah, I think what I think kind of what you're saying, too, is like what other shows do, like Westworld, where they start setting things up without telling you what they are. And people get upset with that, where they're like, oh, well, you can't just tell me what it is now. Or it's like, yeah, but then it then later in an episode, you're going to be like, oh, see, like, this is why it's so good, because like they set this up like three episodes ago and now it's paying off finally thank god but like the way that the guy was writing the article it made it feel like the characters are boring oh. and nothing made sense but the one like because the only one i could really think about is the the friend she has a lot of like family drama but in the show you're quick to learn like the, the first time it's like okay she has like something and then when her and her sister talk, you're like, oh, okay, that's it. But then it really drives in the point when she's when she talks to her brother and stuff, and it's like, oh, okay, so that that really was like a big point. So it's like, yeah, I get maybe we didn't deep dive into her character because she just showed up and all of a sudden like, oh, she's a part of the show now. But they kind of they do the thing where like they do like the sly like, oh, I've known this person forever kind of deal. Okay, now 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 we're back here. They do that a lot, <laughs> and it's I don't know. It doesn't make it feel like there's there's anything missing, you know. Like it's like oh okay, I, from what you're giving me, I can paint a picture of her character right now. So obviously you could add to that so much later, um, and yeah, I think that's a part of where people are like, yeah, but I want to know like every single thing about her, like. Where, like, where was she? Why why did this happen? Uh, what about this? Like, you know, how could she just talk about this? You know what I mean? But from the first episode, like, the beginning is everything you want to see on screen. Okay. And But it's a teaser. It's like, oh, they're making, they're making me so hard right now. But everything after was, like, entertaining. Kind of fucked up. And then the end sets up for, like, Oh yeah, we're really here now, and I—I I don't know. I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely watch it. I don't know why you haven't, Dom. You've had literally a couple days to watch it. I mean, come on, HBO Go, come on. Oh, actually, was it HBO Max? Yeah, come on, Dom. This is the fucking news. So Daniel Day Kim and Randall Park are teaming up for a heist movie with an Asian American ensemble. The the two co-stars from Always Be My Maybe will produce and star in a heist film with a predominantly Asian American cast. Um, the writer um, Young Il Kim will pen a screenplay for the film, which Amazon Studios uh, recently acquired after a bidding war. Um, the plot's vague, but the mo- the movie will reportedly follow a group of high school friends who reunite for a job, taking inspiration from high films like Ocean's Eleven, which I was reading on Reddit. Like some like they posted this, and like people were like, "They should call it Pacific Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> and I was like, "That's racist." But um, Kim cited the the stripper comedy The Full Monty and Justin Lin's indie crime film Better Luck Tomorrow as inspirations. It's a story that kind of highlights community, friendship, unity in a very familiar genre that people I think will enjoy. There's an appetite to see this kind of movie within an Asian American cast and that is a really promising sign of the times. Which is true because look at how much um, not only always be my maybe like that was like a huge hit on Netflix. Parasite, right? Winning Best Picture. And then Crazy Rich Asians. Look how much that movie did. And what and people were calling for that to be nominated for Best Picture. And that's, honestly, I think it should even. Because it was actually pretty good. Especially because it was a better movie than Bohemian Rhapsody. Ridiculous. 
Anyways, um, I I'm just glad that like I, I I love the fact that like these people are like it, well it's it sucks that we live in a in the sad real world where pr- like producers won't just be like and studios won't just be like hey what if we made an all Asian like Asian American ensemble movie that'll sell to to millions of people right in which they they've seen has done well and yet they are like that won't sell like when they're like. Like when Amy Pascal was, uh, I don't know if it was her, but remember with the Sony leak where they were like, oh, you can't make a, a movie with Denzel Washington as the lead. Nobody's going to watch that. Black guys can't be action stars. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you mean that people want to see representation of themselves and they will go to see these movies? They don't want to just see a bunch of John Krasinski's um, acting across um, Scarlett Johansson's. Constantly, yeah. I mean, this is exactly what we talk about, right? Normalizing this shit, where I feel like for a while, a lot of this stuff is gonna feel like it's more of a a gimmick. People think like, oh, an all Asian cast. Oh, you see this new movie? Yeah, every everyone who stars in it is a transgender person. Blah blah blah. And, I, and even though that the people making the movie aren't going for that, the way that the mainstream media is going to see it is being like, oh, yeah, that's kind of like a gimmicky thing, right? Oh, that's good good for them. Good for them. Oh, more Asian movies. Yes, good for them. That's, I feel, how it's going to be for a while. But, I mean, white people have a hard time giving up even the slightest little inch so it sucks that we say this but yeah it's gonna make a lot of sense or it's it's the stuff that we're gonna have to deal with but yeah i mean this is cool i mean how much do we love uh, randall park randall park yeah, everything he seems like he's in he's always great at it and well and, and plus he's um he's, he's done it he he went from dc at, to marvel and pulled it off like he in both one in both movies he was in he he makes the, those movies pretty good um, but I loved, uh, um, and Daniel Day Kim, I, I've always loved Daniel Day Kim. He started in, well, what I started knowing him from was Lost. And he was in all six seasons of that. And he, as Jin, and he was amazing. Um, and then he did Hawaii Five O for a long time. And then he quit that because remember, they wouldn't give them equal pay. Yeah. And it's like, that's fucked up. He, he was on that show for like, I think like five years and they still wouldn't give him like the same amount of pay as like as his co-stars like you are co-stars it's not like he is like he's like a supporting character or anything it's like they are co-stars like they won't give you equal pay just because yeah but see we're using arcane laws from like the early days of hollywood it's like that's fucked up but i do like that they're like they're seeing that no one's gonna do this so they're like, we're going to take it upon ourselves to do it. I mean, it's sad, it's sad that we live in that world where no one will do this. But like, hey, at least they're like, hey, we know people want to do, want this. Let's give it to them. Like, well, yeah, we're, we're willing to put up the money for this. And I, I think it'll pay off for them in the long run. I mean, hopefully. It, it, like I said, it's it sucks that people see this and they think like, oh, that's... Good for them. Yeah, oh, good for those people. But, I mean, this sounds awesome. And, yeah, we may be looking forward to it. Sucks that, I guess, Hollywood isn't looking forward to it. But who knows? Maybe after their hit and then someone else comes out with another hit and someone else comes out with another hit, Hollywood be like, hey, this might be a trend I think we could jump into. Hey, did you know that people of color like to see people of color on film huh weird well now we're gonna throw at it can we get scarlett johansson to play this oh role? my fucking god yeah no it's it's good because uh she's gonna play C- C- camille nanjiani's uh stepsister or half sister how are they half <laughs> so just recently we found out that olivia wilde is set to direct an untitled female-led Marvel film. And 
a lot of people on the internet have been speculating that it's going to be a Spider-Woman film. Um, although Wild Project is only rumored to be Spider-Woman, there's good reason to trust. This is more than a hunch. Um, unfinished Marvel projects are kept under tight lock and key, but there's enough rabbit interest in this universe that leaks are always possible. Wild Spot in the director's seat, Marvel Entertainment published an article called, um, oh, this was hours after she was announced. Seven things to know about Spider-Woman. That's what Marvel Entertainment published, which I feel like, okay, so just because they published that. But what if they had published like a Doctor Doom thing? Or um, 10 crazy things about Spider-Ham. Yeah. Oh, she's directing the Spider-Ham movie. The live-action Spider-Ham movie. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, so I guess you could put a lot of things together like that, but, I mean, I feel like that's just kind of jumping to conclusions. I mean, who's to say that she's doing She could be doing Spider-Woman, but she also could be doing, maybe she's doing She-Hulk, right? Maybe she's doing, uh, um, what is it, A-Force? Is that the one where it's all the female Avengers? Maybe she's doing that. Maybe it ties into something that happens in Black Widow. And we don't we don't know yet, right? Um, or let's see, what else could, could there be? Maybe it's um, could honestly be a lot. It could be a lot of different things. Yeah, I mean, if you're telling me, hey, comic book fans are jumping to conclusions, I, I can't say I'm sitting here with my mouth wide open saying, are seriously? I can't believe that because it's literally all they do. But, I mean, would I want a Spider-Woman movie? I don't really know what that would look like or how that would tie in. But if it's Marvel doing it, she wants to direct it. I mean, what if it is like Booksmart, but in Marvel movie? It'd be kind <laughs> of funny. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, I think we, we like we said... What she did with Booksmart was really good. Yeah. Being the first time just going full-fledged at it with a movie, awesome. Um, and taking his jump to a Marvel movie, it's not like we haven't seen this stuff before. I mean, we talked about it with... Um, Taika Waititi? Yeah, with Taika Waititi. He was known for doing a lot of these small indie films and then straight up jumped into, oh, we're doing this Marvel movie, whatever. And maybe that's different because you know he has a a, a, a bigger a bigger uh, uh, filmography than she did, but mm -hmm. nonetheless, I mean, you know, he went from that to that, so it's not like it's unheard of. Marvel's done that many times before, but I mean, it would be cool to see like a, her do a She-Hulk movie, or maybe it's Miss Marvel. Oh, that's true. Yeah. See, I think there's so much in the universe that it could be. They could do like a, a Spider Gwen movie. Oh, she could do a Black Cat, not Black Cat, right? That's the one that's um in, in Spider Man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what she's gonna do, but I think uh, we've said this a bunch of times that we're pretty confident that Marvel is good at what they're doing and bringing someone like her, who's an amazing actress. Obviously, we know that she knows how to direct now, so. We're pretty positive that whatever it is, like, even if it's like a Squirrel Girl movie. Oh, man, Squirrel Girl. I think we'll be okay with whatever they give us. That's true. The Exorcist is getting rebooted, right? And people are like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Like, they're getting all mad about this. because, And then they're saying that uh, Morgan Creek will be releasing the new film in uh, next year, 2021. I don't understand. Like, I mean, I, I, I understand. Like, when people get upset, like, oh, like, like, why would you remake that, or why would you remake this? Like, that's such a classic movie. It's like, yeah, but see, like, it was. It's also from like the seventies, and it's like, but like, I, I just wish that they would wait to, like, yeah, there are some movies that are like stupid when they remake them, right? Like that. Like you cut. Like, have have you ever seen Total Recall, the the remake? Yeah. I watched part of it. I was like, this is so dumb because like they changed the entire idea and it just like, they made it more for like, what would be like 
the future for now. But it's like, but I think what made the original one more classic is that it's ridiculous and it's like it's a little bit more campy. But there are movies where they they do remake them and they're they're pretty good, like The Thing or like The Fly. The fly, the remake of the fly is pretty good. I know when that came out, like twenty something years ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what I mean. It's like or like a Stars Born is yeah. is a really good one. Um, so I feel like it's like oh, you can't ever touch. Like I feel like there's movies that they always say, oh, you can't touch these. But it's like, but we've talked about before, like with Star Wars. That's movies that people all have for forever said you can't touch. But more and more, it's like it's more. It's seeming more like that. It's like maybe they should just remake these movies because it would fit better with what they're going for. Yeah, and I mean, The Exorcist. Yeah, it's iconic, but it's not like it's oh, this is like a once in a lifetime movie that we can make. Blah blah blah. Whatever. It's like, yeah, maybe in the beginning it, it was like so crazy, different, whenever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But now it's like, oh, yeah, that, that seems normal. Like, honestly, it seems like, yeah, how come they haven't done that yet? I'm actually surprised they haven't done that yet. And, I mean, maybe maybe it's because, like, we don't have, like, I mean, we I think we like The Exorcist for what it is. But I think a lot of people put it like, there's the greatest horror movie of all time. That's my favorite movie of all time. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we may not have like a connection like that, but like we love it for what it is. We know what it is, what's about, like what it all means, what it what it meant back in the day, what it set like a precedent for horror. We get all that, right? But I mean But what if we got like a version that was like a Suspiria remake, right? Where it it not differs, only yeah, but it's, like it's more of a muted colored film. It's very, very slow building. Like the original, one, the original one is it's slow building, but it still gets to to like a lot of the gore faster. But then you get to the end, and the ending is like profoundly different to the point where it's like, yeah, see, like why wasn't this the ending of the original one? Because <laughs> the original one's ending when you. What do you think about it in retrospect? Isn't like as amazing. It's kind of just like, oh, out of nowhere. It's like, oh, they just beat the witches. <laughs> but in this one, it's like, oh, this actually makes more fucking sense. Yeah. Um, where you could do something like that, where it's yeah. like something more dramatic, and you you're like, oh shit, I didn't see it going there. Yeah, because what, especially with that, uh, with Suspiria, not only did they remake that movie, but they remade that movie for this century yeah like it feels like a movie that was meant to be seen now even though the original is all on its own and it's a classic as it is and yeah you don't even have to watch the the new one sure but they're so similar but so different that they can both exist and people there's a lot of people too that say like oh yeah i love them because they're so different but you know they're but they're still like similar yeah. And yeah, taking a movie like Exorcist where it definitely has that this was made in like the 70s film and bringing that into like modern day with who knows who can direct it and have like that that look and that feeling and oh man, just like imagine re- imagine watching that and being like legit creeped out. Which is something that we don't always get with horror films anymore. So I think I think a lot of people automatically turn to the negative of there's just Hollywood remaking another classic, blah blah blah, and we do understand why because sometimes they do, yeah, <laughs> they 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 do miss the ball pretty hard. But this, I feel like, if you're treated if you treat it correctly, right, and you get the power behind the movie, and you 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 treat it like hey, this is a classic, so we got to treat it like it's a classic and do the best of the best. Yeah, I could see that totally being something that would blow people's expectations out of the water. And and like we said, because of, because of the filmmakers that we have now and how horrors transcended just being like, a, oh, hey, we could we can make this girl's head turn or whatever and making that shit actually creepy and feel 
I don't know, feel almost like realistic in a way. Now that we have that opportunity today, you could take a movie like that and make it 10 times more creepy. I think because like a lot of the remakes that they're thinking of came out before this like golden age of horror where it's like, oh, the, oh, the yeah, but look at the um, Halloween, uh, Friday the 13th and um, um, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Those all the remakes all suck. It's like, yeah, because they came out like what in like the early two thousands and like middle two thousands, and it's like, yeah, because you gave it to terrible people to direct. But I feel like now it's like I think it's become a little bit more prestigious where you can get someone like a like a Jordan Peele, uh, 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 Ari Aster, or you know what I mean, like someone like that to to bring to life like. Especially The Exorcist. I'm pretty sure any one of them would be like, yeah, I'd love to do The Exorcist. I don't know. I say bring it on. The worst that could happen is we get a stupid remake that's like, uh, okay. And then the original still continues to be a classic. It's going to be a beautiful wedding. Here you are, standing on the precipice of something so much bigger than anyone here. But always remember, you are not alone. I don't think that we met. I'm Sarah. Niles. Hi. Hi. Good day so far. Today, tomorrow, it's all the same. You, what is going on? Hey, get out of the water, girl! Guess you followed me. It's one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard about. That I might have heard about? Yeah. The second you fall asleep, it all just goes back to the start. I drove all the way back home to Austin, and I still woke up here. One time I smoked a bunch of crystal and made it all the way to Equatorial Guinea. It was a huge waste of time. Well, then what's the point of living? We kind of have no choice but to live. No, I'm gonna get out of this. Suit yourself. See you tomorrow. So now what do we do? You just have to embrace the fact that nothing matters. Do you sleep with people in here? Great question. I have, but it takes a lot of work. May I cut in? It's the first dance. And that's a deal breaker? That didn't work. <laughs> Let's waste some time. You want to uh, dance? No, the officiant has got a bag of sweets in his pocket. You're right. Got him. I can't keep waking up in here. Everything that we are doing is meaningless. I hope it's not all meaningless. At least you have each other. Nothing worse than going through this shit alone. There's a bomb in the cake. Don't worry. I used to be a bomb guy. Stand back! Palm Springs is a 2020 American romantic comedy film directed by Max Barbacow in his directorial debut and written by Andy Sierra. On November 9th, Niles wakes up next to his girlfriend, Misty, on the wedding day of Tala and Abe. At the reception, he delivers a seemingly impromptu speech to the relief of Tala's sister, the drunk and unprepared maid of honor, Sarah. Niles and Sarah bond and, after discovering Misty cheating on Niles, are about to have sex when Niles is abruptly shot in the shoulder with an arrow by an older man named Roy. Wounded, he crawls towards a mysterious amber light in a nearby cave, warning Sarah not to follow. Sarah, curious, is sucked into a vortex in the cave. Sarah wakes up again on November 9th, 
After she confronts Niles, he explains that she has become stuck in the same time loop as him. Sarah unsuccessfully attempts many escape methods, such as driving back to her hometown or suicide. Niles and Sarah spend many days together, often relaxing in a pool of a home where the occupants are away on vacation. Niles reveals that Roy is a family man who lives in Irvine, whom Niles also trapped in the time loop. Niles explains to Sarah that Roy blames him for getting stuck in the time loop and occasionally comes to Palm Springs to hunt Niles for revenge. After many more loops, Niles and Sarah camp out in the desert, where they see dinosaurs and eventually have sex. The next day, Abe wakes Sarah up, advising her to leave his room, having spent the night of November 8th together. A guilt-ridden Sarah refuses to talk to Niles about the previous night, expressing that everything they do is meaningless. They are pulled over by a police officer, who turns out to be Roy. Sarah runs over Roy in his police car, and after an argument, Niles admits that he had sex with Sarah numerous times before she entered the time loop. A disgusted Sarah runs in front of an oncoming truck, killing herself and restarting the day. After the next reset, Niles goes looking for Sarah to apologize, but he can't find her. Lying in Abe's bed while the groomsmen take drugs, Niles smells Sarah's hair mist realizing that Sarah and Abe had sex the night before the wedding. He confronts Abe during the wedding, and a fight breaks out between Niles and Abe. Multiple resets later, Niles realizes that he loves Sarah. He travels to Irvine to talk to Roy, who has given up on killing Niles. Roy explains that his life is perfect, but also imperfect, as he lives in the perfect day forever, but will never get to see the future or his children grow up. Roy says that they should never speak again, and Niles asks Roy to murder him one last time by shooting him with an arrow. The time loops where Sarah was gone are then shown. Sarah confronts Abe over their affair, and both express their regret and remorse. Sarah then resolves to escape the time loop, spending many days in a diner studying quantum physics and talking with professors, finally coming to a solution. She tries her theory by sending a goat into the cave, with explosives. The next reset, the goat disappeared. Sarah wakes up Niles and tells him she believes that she knows how to escape the time loop by blowing themselves up in the cave before they restart the day. Niles admits that he loves Sarah but wants to stay in the time loop forever where he knows how everything will work precisely. She leaves him in the room alone and frustrated Niles breaks up with Misty. Sarah attends the wedding, gives a heartfelt speech for Tala, makes a phone call, and goes to the cave with explosives. Drinking alone in a bar, Niles decides to leave with her and rushes to the cave, professing he would rather die with her than remain in the loop alone. Sarah recuperates his feelings, and they kiss while she presses the detonator. Niles and Sarah again lounge in the vacant pool when the house owners show up, revealing it's November 10th, and the plan worked. In a mid-credits scene, Roy approaches Niles at the wedding, asking about Sarah's plan to escape the loop. When Niles does not recognize Roy, Roy realizes the plan has worked and smiles. Palm Springs, uh, 2020, Andy Samberg Productions. Now, a movie I, another movie that I didn't know that was, has anything to do with sci-fi. I just saw that Andy Samberg was in it. That, what's her name? Like, Christy, Kristen. Kristen Malott or something. Yeah, she was in it. And J.K. Simmons was in it. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Then I watched it and I was like, oh, even better. Yeah. Like, I, I really like how they they did it. Like, I love that it starts already with him. Ha- like, I'm so glad they didn't do the whole, like, what, I'm in a time loop? Like, have, after, like, many days of resetting, where it's like, okay, like, this is already where him and is hitting his groove, where he, he knows, like, every little, like, thing that's going to happen. Like, when he's doing the dance, and, like, he's, like, precisely, like, oh, like, he knows when to grab the drink, and he knows when to put the chair, and he knows when this person, like, and the speech, too. It's like, he knows how to, like, give that perfect speech where everyone's like, oh, you know what, that was such a good speech. 
and like it doesn't have to show all like the like I feel like there's people out there who'd be like oh, this doesn't make any sense because how did he get here like what how did he get to that point and like I want to see that it's like why I think it helps too because we still do see that with her but it's accelerated because he's already been doing yeah. this for who knows how long it's just those people who like bitch and complain because they're like you don't have to explain every little thing to me. And then they get mad too. And well, how come they didn't explain everything to me? The only confusing thing about this movie, other than the fact that they're trying to figure out like how time works and you know, quantum physics. No, but it, it almost feels like she's supposed to be the main character, but it focuses a lot on him. Uh-huh. And the only reason why I say that is because, yeah, we see a lot. We see her doing a lot of this stuff and coming to these conclusions and blah, blah, blah. And one one thing in particular is we learn why she's the way she is and how she she was married before and she knew it was wrong. And she kept, you know, she, she was in it for like three years and just knowing it was it wasn't going to work. And then obviously come out later that she slept with uh, her her sister's uh, soon to be husband. And yeah, all that makes sense, right? Cool, 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 cool. But with Andy Sandberg, I feel like we were supposed to learn something there. But you just kind of learn like, oh, he's just kind of hard to love, or he's kind of he's kind of hard to give love to, because that was the, that was the only weird thing where it's like I thought he was gonna come out and say like, oh yeah, I I was with a girl for a long period of time and. She made me believe in love and took it all away or, oh, you know, I, I had something perfect and I lost it, whatever. Or, oh, you know, like, you know, when my parents got divorced, I stopped giving a shit about whatever. I thought he was going to say something about why he was the way he was. And maybe it's because the only he, the only reason why he's that way is because he's been in the time loop. I think that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, but when he but when she started to really like him, he was still very like dismissive about it. And then obviously, when she goes away, then he's all like, "Oh, I love her," blah blah blah. But I don't know. It just it that was the only weird part about it was like, oh, he kind of just seems like this shitty person for one reason, but then doesn't explain like the other reason why he was being shitty. He just yeah. like, "Oh, hey, sorry, I love you now." And, but like I don't know that's the only that was the only weird part about it was like so she's so why don't we focus more on her and Andy Samberg be if that was if that's the way it was I think I would have been a lot better if we were more more focused on her and what she does and you know he was like the side character and he can disappear for extended period of time like we should have her like looking through all this shit like i don't know it like one way it, it makes sense and the other way it makes sense and that was the only thing that i felt weird because i was waiting for that moment where he was like yeah i was i i was also married for like 10 years and then you know she we had we got pregnant and then she she got an abortion and and divorced me or something right like something we're like devastating to him yeah or i don't know anything but we didn't get it, I guess. But other than that, it's a really good movie. It's just like a good little like sci-fi. Like if you were to read it, like a, like it was a short story. Like it's like a good little like short sci-fi thing where it's like, hey, these kind of crazy people, like these two people who are broken, get stuck in this kind of loop. And they have to come together and they have to kind of figure out how to get out of it. But like one of them doesn't want to because he's scared of the future. And the other one's like scared of the past or like what she keeps having to wake up to. And yeah, even like I love um like JK Simmons, like he's not even in it that much, but like I love the fact that like his character's there to add like a little bit of like, like, Oh, what, like what the hell is that? Like, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Like the first thing you see him, he's like all in like um, camouflage, like, <laughs> with arrows trying to kill Andy Samberg. Um, but yeah, even like his character too. Yeah. It's like when you think about it too, like his story is like kind of, it's like sadder too, because it's like when you learn that it's like, 
oh yeah, like yeah, he gets to live in this perfect moment with his his wife and kids, and he can make it whatever he wants every day. It's the same, like they. But then, yeah, you realize like none of them are gonna get older. None of them are gonna change. It's just gonna be the same thing over and over again. It's like man, that's sad. Like like I said, the movie's really well done. It. It takes a concept that we've known for a long time, obviously. Yeah. And you think, oh, it's going to be another like Groundhog Day. But for some reason, it doesn't feel like, oh, this is another Groundhog Day movie. It feels, I don't know, it feels similar, but so much different. And I think I think having that element, too, of like, well, what the fuck is that cave? Why is it there? How can it happen? Whatever. And then them actually solving it makes it so much better, too. I will say, but as soon as they did it, I was like... But what about you? Can't just leave him. You're just not gonna tell him. I know. In my, I was, in my in the back of your head, I'm like, I I bet like he called him or something. Sure enough, the cutscene. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes me feel better. Yeah, so I was like, that'd be fucked up. I know. That's what I was into. I was like, man, that's fucked up to just leave somebody like that. No, yeah, but for for what it is, like this cute little love story, uh, dealing with sci-fi and quantum physics and. All of that shit. I thought this movie was really good. Like I said, as soon as, as soon as I saw who was in it, I was like, "Oh, that has to be interesting." Yeah, but well, I heard nothing but like good things about this movie, and like people were like, "Oh, yeah, this is like it's like Groundhog's Day, but like for nowadays." And it's like, okay, I just saw it pop up one day, and it's like, "Oh, new movie, click." Um, but yeah, I mean. Even for even for being that right, like a, it's a Groundhog's Day ripoff, whatever. Even that, like I feel like the movie stands on its own. It's a it's a quirky love sci fi movie, and I mean, as I say, like you don't get them very often, but there is that other movie where it's like, if looks can kill or something like that. I forgot what it's called, but it's like the kid has like a face that if you see it, you die, and that's also a quirky sci-fi love movie that just came out like i mean it was last year i don't remember but either way for for what it is i really enjoyed it it's definitely a movie that i definitely watch it again i mean why why not yeah. um i think it's good to say that it's two thumbs very up back super hard oh yeah watch it please For this segment, since we had already talked about like one movie you can't touch getting rebooted, um, let's talk about other ones that um, and like who would you want to like remake it? So I guess I'll start. Like, so like, what if they made remade The Godfather? Because oh my god, you know how oh my god, you know how much film fanboys would be up in arms. They they literally be in the street in the actually they're too I think they're too big for being in the street but they're probably behind their computers like no this is ridiculous you can't touch the Godfather this is oh my God this who 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 oh, they just like have like um uh, aneurysm sitting there honestly I think I'd like um someone like a like Denny's on you maybe or. Honestly, wait, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, Yorgo slapped the most. Honestly, I think it would be a pretty good movie. Yeah, I feel like that's a movie that you'd they'd be upset about no matter what. No matter even if you if you got the the perfect director, oh he's Italian born director and he did these amazing movies and had this like new modern cast of amazing actors and oh they're paying homage to the original movie they still fucking you get Luca Guadagnino to be to direct it because oh yeah you could oh man if he redid it it would be it would feel more dramatic like a like a calling by your name or he could do it slow like um Suspiria Honest, oh man, you know what? If he did do it, you could just feel the tension because behind, like when it's set, if he still set it like when it is, because you could, because when when is that? That one set in the sixties, so you could you could even have like the the Cold War in the background, like in like in Suspiria, where it's like, but what does that mean? 
Like, why do we need oh, to know it's that? It's in the same universe. Oh, man. God. And at the end, yeah, it's Dakota Johnson, and she comes out of nowhere, and she just murders everybody. That should be pretty cool. <laughs> if, even if they had, like, a small yeah of, like, they were together. Yeah. And I, I'd actually probably be like, you know what? Snowy's badass. Like, <laughs> you didn't even see it. I don't care. It's badass. Bad. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's hard to say. Because what? So what do you do? Do you want to do? Do you want to do a complete revamp of something old, or would you do something like, oh, let's pay homage, but like a modern day? Well, right? you could. I think you could do both because there's movies that come out that are complete and total remakes where they they change things, but then there's also remakes where, like Psycho, like <laughs> where they just do a shot for shot remake. Yeah. I know, Citizen Kane. You know that if anyone tried to even remake that movie, they would already be protesting. They'd already be like, that that studio needs to go down. Like, how can you touch, um, like, the greatest movie of all... That's the greatest movie of all time, besides the other greatest movies of all time. But that's the greatest movie that never won an Oscar of all time, okay? Other than the other greatest movies of all time that didn't win Oscars. But you know what I'm talking about. Because if you, if you had someone like, um, ooh, like Taika Waititi do a, um, oh, you do a Citizen Kane, but it's more, you're doing it now, so you base it more on Donald Trump. Because that was, because ba- it was based on um, William Randolph Hearst. So, and at the time, he was like the big media mogul. And he's the reason why it got snubbed for um, Best Picture and How Green Was My Valley one, which was not a bad movie, honestly. If we're going to touch classics, bring them into modern day, um, take the movie aspect out of it, and I do 2001 Space Odyssey Ooh. as a TV series oh. by Alex Garland. Oh, damn. Yeah, you know how, oh my God, they would fucking be so mad because they'd be like, what? what? But that's Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece, besides all of his other films, besides like his other films that are not his class or his, his masterpieces. But you know what I mean? Like that one. And, I saw that. Yeah, my, this one you can't touch. You can't touch this. Well, you can't touch any of them. But like, especially this one. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, honestly, that sounds amazing. Yeah, because because like what he did with devs and how he was able to to plan it all out. Obviously, like you said, he was able to have control and he wanted to do exactly what he did. And I think what he could do with that movie, especially, is because there's so much to it that he could probably lay it out in a way that's like this isn't like the movie. That's like that's the point. <laughs> yeah, not like the movie. So it takes you in a takes you like in a different direction, but you could still get there. And I mean, he could probably isn't there like the sequel? Yeah, he could fish uh, to from 2010 uh, First Contactors. I don't know what it's called. I feel like he's someone who's proven himself time and time again, and that movie is so iconic and classic, and. It's taking something that, like we said, people say, you can't touch that. But look at how they did uh, Dr. Sleep, how he took the elements from this movie that was nowhere near the book, right? Completely different what you want. And, and, and he took that, fit it to the sequel of the book, but then changed that and made his own movie. So it's like, we see that, yeah, you could still have the elements there, but it doesn't have to be anything near what he did. No. And I feel like Alex Garland has proven that he can branch out and be like, no, no, no. See, like the, the elements of the book and the movie are there, but it's my interpretation of it. Ooh, I, I know. Shawshank Redemption. I feel like people would be upset about that because, you know, all like the people who are like, oh, that should have won Best Picture because it was snubbed for Best Picture because what was a Forrest Gump one, right? Oh, that movie should have won instead of Forrest Gump. And it's like, yeah, but, like, it is a good movie, but I feel like, honestly, like, having seen it so many times and, like, 
hearing about it so often it's like all right you know it's like a uh, memento like after a while it's like yeah for when you first see it it's like oh damn but then after a while like you keep bringing it up and it's like all right this isn't as great as you think it is oh actually if you got something like uh like a Ava DuVernay right to do it and you, you you change the characters and you change maybe a little bit when it's set and you make the character black you could have a similar story where where like it would be like literally the same thing it's just like the characters like the motivations are just changed a little bit where it's like the like it would make sense why like like the guards don't like him like why the, the warden won't let him go too kind of thing like other than like well it's like well you're really smart and you're i'm gonna keep you for that reason but it's also like also like you're 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 black then we can't just let you go like you you reverse it instead of being um morgan freeman being black you get somebody like uh ooh, who's a good like white person to put in that role an aged up brian cranston yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. Honestly, that I think that would work. You just get if you just put Brian Cranston in there and you just make him look a little bit older. Like I think that would work, honestly. And then you get like someone like a, like um, maybe like a David Oyelio, or maybe even like a Chutelju for. That was that doesn't feel too far fetched though. If I'm being honest, that I could see that happening. I, I don't know if I talked to you about this, maybe my sister or somebody, but one movie I always thought about, kind of, I wish they would make, but then I was like, I don't know how they could, because it's so tied into the character, but I love it to be way more, like, darker, because the movie is kind of fucked up, but, like, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Okay. <laughs> Trying to figure out, because the thing is, is what's-his-name makes the character, yeah, right? but I feel like if you could just make remake that movie and just amp it up to be way more creepy, way more scary, where the ending it's like, oh, it's it's kind of a happy ending, but it's also like kind of fucked up how you get to the ending. I think to me that movie would be that would be like a masterful art piece. Because if anyone has ever watched the original, the original movie is fucking crazy. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, it's fun because blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, that movie had some super fucked up things in it. Well, because I think it's because Tim Burton was trying at that point not to be as pushed as far as he goes. Right. They were they were at that time they were reining him in. This was before he was like. Yeah, what if we just did everything CG and I was just lazy and you just threw black and white everywhere and everyone's goth. At this time, it was more like, you have to actually put work into it. It's like, oh, all right, I, I guess Paul Rubens can be in this. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, there, there's things that are like, like especially with like, tell them large marge, sunshine. <laughs> like, there's things that are like, just on the border of like, yeah, like if you just pushed it a little bit further, it's super creepy, like especially like what's the bully's name? Um, Francis. Francis, like he's on the border of just being like serial killer. Yeah, like just that much, like like of, of like being creepy, right. and then even just things that he does later in the movie, not not just Francis, but like Pee Wee. It's like, yeah, you're right. It's like it's on the border of like that's just like that's creepy. Wow, like because there's he he runs into a lot of um mature uh, uh, people and incidents and stuff. And I get that. But, like, I feel like there's something there that you can make a, a modern-day version of it. But it almost be so over the top that it's scary in a way, right? Like, I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like there's something there where you could build off of that story and, and that person and and you can make things so much more terrifying and I don't know I, I always thought about that and I don't know who would be the perfect person for it um, I mean Ari Aster said he wanted to branch into things and that movie could have different elements of like you know 
Huh, an Ari Aster's version of Pee-wee? Right. I feel like what you could do is you can age down Pee-wee. We have like a straight up teenager play him. And it's like, why is this person left alone? And then Francis could stay like around the 20, 30 year old. And it's like, why is this 30 year old care so much about like Pee Wee and picking on him? And you know what I mean? Like there's, I feel like you could add so much element elements to the movie. And and when you think about it too, like Pee Wee's um, playhouse, right. Versus Pee Wee's big adventure. They are so different to begin with. Yeah. It's not even like a straight adaption of the, the, the show. Like, it has nothing to do with it. Like, when you think, yeah, like, it's so weird to think about, like, this movie that, like, they were like, hey, let's make this movie, guys. And then it's like, what? oh, that was entertaining, but, like, what? <laughs> the fuck did I just watch? Huh. Yeah. Especially, That's a good one. Yeah, like especially one. watching it recently where I haven't seen it in a long time. I was in my head. I'm like, oh, it's yeah, it's this and this. And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of like creepy, fucked up shit in this. Movie. Yeah, and you're just like, why did people? Why did parents let us watch this? Uh, <laughs> I, but I, I honestly think doing something like that would be way cool. And I think something. I think getting something like that would you would remove it from being like, oh, this is like a kid movie to being straight up like it's a horror film, but it's a rated R movie shot like you want it to be a kids movie. But there's too much rated R stuff in it, and it's rated R. That makes any sense? Yeah. There's a lot you could play with it. I feel like so. It'd be interesting to revisit this topic um, when other things pop up because we do live in an age where this stuff is possible. We've seen it happen multiple times with even things that we didn't even think about, like. Why is that getting a remake? Why why are they doing this? How can they doing now? Whatever. Um, and yeah, like we said, it can sometimes be good, it can sometimes be bad. But yeah, taking a movie, I think, like a Godfather and bringing it to, you know, modern day cinema, I feel like that can go multiple ways where you can do something, oh, we're just we're trying to um we're trying to just bring the story into today and it kind of just be boring. And it's like, Oh, that's, it looks good. And so good acting in it, whatever. But then like, yeah, how, how you said, like you could take some, some elements of like, Oh, have like this director direct it and completely change the feel of the story. I think that's kind of what I want to go for is not just taking a, a movie that we loved back in the day, uh, uh, an old school movie that, oh, has so much like significance in film. But bringing that to like a modern day director where, yeah, you got a Taika Waititi doing something where it's like, yeah, I didn't expect him to do this movie, but it's actually like pretty fucking entertaining. I think exactly. that's where I'm more on board with. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, we're getting this exorcist movie and yep um i don't know who's like a it's like a pretty run-of-the-mill horror director we're not getting some oh james wan's gonna redo the uh exorcist and bring it into his universe and it's like oh fuck it might be good you don't know maybe a I James think, Wan bringing I, I think, Exorcist I think, into his Conjuring universe. Yeah, I think the first one might be good, but then I think subsequent ones might be like it might be hit or miss. <sighs> I don't know, but yeah, I mean it's interesting nonetheless to think about, and some of the stuff I feel like really isn't that far fetched. Uh, but until then, guys, we'll say thank you for listening. Yes, thank we you. Appreciate it always. Please uh, listen to us on any of your favorite streaming services. If you would like to follow us on our social media accounts, that's INTB underscore podcast for Instagram and Twitter. Uh, We're going to try to be a little bit more active on there. So feel free to hit us up on there or you can email us directly at INTB podcast at gmail.com. 
And yeah, you can email us, you can DM us, you can tag us, you can post on things or whatever. And just, yeah, open conversation of, um, is there any classic movies that you feel could be revamped for, you know, modern day cinema? Yeah. Or, um, maybe you're like, don't ever touch anything. Nothing, Nothing can ever be touched ever. Or what do you think of Palm Springs? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Were you like I hate Andy Zink? Or were you like I hated my how, how I met your mother so much that oh that's where she was yeah on yeah too, huh? yeah that that girl ruined it for me because how is she the mother huh? Or yeah, if there's anything we talked about, let us know. Did you watch Lovecraft Country? What do you think about it? And if you hate it. Is it because you're racist? Probably. Or is you just don't like sci-fi? No. And you're racist. Yeah, okay, that, that makes more sense. <laughs> Let us know. But till then, guys, as always, remember. It's not that bad. It's not that bad.